We are parents, we are doctors, we are first responders, teachers, and concerned citizens who have found ourselves at a crossroads. We see our freedoms being stripped away and we can no longer stay silent. We are millions strong, united in a thundering voice and imperative mission that cannot and will not be ignored. We are standing up for the basic human right to raise our own children, earn a living, and make our own medical decisions without the tyrannical overreach that has been forced upon us here in California, across the country, and around the world. We are here to amplify the voices, moving the needle, bringing forth truth, and provide education and resources with tangible tools and expert insights. We are The Unity Project, and this is our podcast. I'm so excited to have a second meeting with someone who is incredible. I actually had the opportunity to meet with you at America Fest recently, and we had an amazing uh, short conversation. So I'm excited to have a longer conversation yeah. today about what's happening. But this is Frank Rodriguez. He is the executive director uh, for Gays Against Groomers, correct? Yes, ma'am. So let's start by talking a little bit about the organization, talk a little bit about why you're passionate and how you got into this, and then let's let's tackle uh, the topics that you guys are addressing. Yeah. So Gays Against Groomers is expanding like quick, quick. ever since mm -hmm. AmFest, ever since all of the recruitment that we're doing, we've, we've been expanding much in our chapters. So we have have over 60 members, um, 20 chapters across the United States. We're already starting to get interest, you know, nationally, mm -hmm. like in Canada and the UK to start chapters out there. Wow. We have content creators, you know, like in Australia that make content for us now. Okay. Um, so we have, and we're all gay. So this is all gays coming together, all of us just kind of like speaking about our community and how to do, how to make it better. Right. And so every day we have this team that is working hard and diligently with this mission of ending the sexualization, medicalization, indoctrination of children through our name. Right. And right now we're seeing these radical, mm -hmm. you know, woke agendas coming through our community, right. um, like we see, and they're changing it. Mm -hmm. They're taking control of it and quite frankly, doing something that a lot of us don't agree with. Right. And so Gays Against Groomers is taking our community back, rewriting mm -hmm. the narrative and ensuring that our community that was mm -hmm. built on love remains about love and that we don't, we trust me, we don't want anything to do with your children. We want the children <laughs> to stay out of our spaces. We want right. our own spaces. We worked hard to have sure. our own spaces and in a world where 30 years right. ago we weren't accepted so that's where we're at so so you're essentially looking at this the same way that a heterosexual person would which is oh, and, and and let me let me clarify that because you're looking at this the same way that a heterosexual person who is not interested in engaging in sexual acts with a child or, or engaging in pedophilia correct right. so you're saying it doesn't matter if we're gay or if we're heterosexual we are not interested in introducing sexual content to a minor Correct. Correct. It's, yeah, regardless of your sexual orientation, sex and children should never be in the same topic, especially right. when they're not your children to That's have right. that discussion with. If that topic was to arise, mm -hmm. I always tell people, Tell them to talk to their parents. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's the most appropriate channel for it. Right. It's it's not for me. It's not for you. Mm -hmm. It's for me to have with my children. Right. And um, I feel like we've strayed a little bit off of that with right. normalizing, understanding people's sexual desires. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, I've seen all this going around social media. I saw something the other day that said, and, and I'm paraphrasing, something to the effect of, you know, if I'm in a workplace environment and I'm discussing sexual content, that's actually considered sexual harassment. Yeah. right sexual misconduct but in a classroom if you're talking to five-year-olds about sexual content that's just education right exactly. it's the, the way that they're portraying this these days mm -hmm. and i always think to myself 
what is the purpose? What is the purpose of telling a child about sex acts, right? About sexuality. What, what is the purpose of something like that? I know you guys are against it. So maybe, yeah. maybe we can we can just debate or explore that a little bit. Totally. So, I mean, outside mm-hmm. of Gays Against Groomers, I have my theories mm-hmm. of to why this is happening. And um, when you have a minority that's filled, mm-hmm. um, like the gay community is filled with a lot of, you know, left-leaning, mm-hmm. you know, personalities. And again, I'm speaking outside of, of Gays Against sure. Groomers is... Sure. is I'm seeing them, I I feel that the left is seeing these as potential votes. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking, you know, if we can indoctrinate these Mm -hmm. kids into being a part of the LGBTQ, we have lifetime votes. And it's disgusting. And so when they are doing this and hijacking our community, Gays Against Groomers is seeing, like, outside of our policies and politics, they're seeing the damage that is happening to our children. And so we have a responsibility as gay right. people to take ownership, extreme ownership of this, and say, we don't want your pity any longer. We don't right. want you to feel sorry for us any longer. Right. We are strong individuals, and we can right. fix our community ourselves. Right. A lot of the pushback that we're getting isn't even from the gay community. It's from a lot of straight people that don't agree with what we're doing. It's wow. from the allies. It's from the people that aren't even a part of our community. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and for mm-hmm. us, we're like, let us fix us. Let right. us get our community together because there's a lot of things that are happening right. that we should be focusing on that if you really want to help our community, you mm-hmm. should be focusing on too. Right. Certainly not um, indoctrinating young children. It's, it's beyond indoctrination. It's, it's sexual abuse the way I look at it. You know, um, I, I've had this conversation with many people in, in my circle and in particular here at the Unity Project. We've talked about the fact that if you take a child and you introduce content that's not age appropriate that actually changes their brain chemistry, right? It changes the way that they perceive themselves, the way that they perceive reality, the way that they perceive what is right, what is wrong. And so I'm looking at this and, you know, it's no secret. I've discussed this on the podcast. Um, I, my, my daughter came home last year with a book that had graphic depictions of bestiality. And I, you can imagine, wow. I, I essentially wrote a, a pretty stern letter to the superintendent all the way down to the, the teacher involved and cited the criminal statutes that they were in violation of. And what, what's amazing to me is that we, we have criminal statutes that are on the books right now today that uh, describe everything that, that's happening in these classrooms as criminal activity, yet it's being, not only is it being condoned, it's being promoted and I think we're starting to see the effects, right? I, I read a statistic, and you probably have the statistic better than I would, but, you know, that uh, right now we have more children than ever that are confused about their their identity. Um, they they believe at five years old that they, they want to transition from being a boy to a girl or vice versa, and never before have we seen this. Can you talk a little bit about what your thoughts are and how that's happening? Yeah, so, like, in other countries you're seeing where they're reporting, like, mm-hmm. you know, increases over like a thousand percent in 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 students identifying as like non-binary trans or even a part of the lgbtq which should never be a part of the discussion um and i understand like when this comes up it could be a very sticky situation which is why we always revert to parents Mm -hmm. it's always the best and when you see kids at this magnitude Mm -hmm. being um, indoctrinated it should be concerning for everybody because now we got to start wondering what, what are we doing to, to influence, you know, children right. to 
make these decisions. Right. And when we start doing a little digging and we start doing things like picking up these books, noticing these flags, noticing the gender theory, mm -hmm. noticing these teachings, right. and pile that on to the testimonies that these children are telling us, we, we get testimonies from, from kids that, are un, that, are, that feel unsafe to go to school because they're straight, mm -hmm. that they feel unsafe because children are running around as furries, barking at them. Mm -hmm. And when you pair this all up, no wonder our country is having such mental health right. issues. We're embracing right. all of these things. And it's like, no, you're, you're not a mouse. You are a human. <laughs> and you need to stop running around and right. talking and acting that right. people like you're some an animal. Right. And we're here to affirm now instead of help. Right. I mean, it's a clear agenda. I know LAUSD, which is, it's, it depends. I haven't looked at the statistics lately. It's either the number one um, in terms of size, school district, or it's or New York. I, I think it vacillates between the it's two. It's the largest budget in the, the U.S., yeah. Right. So LAUSD is openly telling their teachers um, that they should keep secret from parents if children express a desire to... Um, transition to go through any type of, of gender affirming care that that should be kept secret from the parents yes that's actually written in their like mm -hmm. manual or their policies right. that this is something that we should do right now 70 percent of our country accepts the lgbtq and i would argue that even that 30 percent that says you know we don't agree with it a very small minute of it would even think about doing something to a gay person yeah. according to the department of justice it you're you're more likely to get hit by lightning than you are to have a hate crime. And so when you pair all this up together, you're just really confused on where our community is going as a whole. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's important for us to take that ownership and, and, and do the course of action mm -hmm. and just make sure that we get the help that we need. LAUSD affirming child's genders mm -hmm. and affirming their sexuality without notifying their parents decreases that 70% of acceptance. Of it's going to bring a lot mm -hmm. of resentment towards sure. our community. It's going to bring a lot of hate towards us. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start seeing it push back on us. Right. And in a way, when you start seeing bills like the Parental Rights and Education Bill come up, those are really to protect the LGBTQ youth. Mm -hmm. And we, we, people fail to realize that if a child is going to be neglected, abused, or abandoned, our teachers and educators are required mm -hmm. to report these things regardless if you're gay or you're straight right right yeah and so you probably have some pretty strong feelings on on um is it sb 207 or is it ab 207 it's the um this is the one where um senator scott weiner drafted the bill and it's where um, you can get ge uh, gender affirming care and you can actually bring a child across state lines yeah. and they can receive gender affirming care and they have no obligation to notify the parents and in some cases, it could actually be used, according to the way the bill is written, to intervene and actually take custody um, away from the parents for that for those children. And what, what's particularly, I think, concerning to me is that the author of the bill, Senator Scott Weiner, has said that he is working with 19 other states to author similar legislation. It's terrifying. It's, it's this most scariest <laughs> thing in the world saying, hey, if you're not getting the care from home that you need, come mm -hmm. to the government and we right. will give you the care that you need. Right. I remember reading this bill, and you can correct me. I, I'm pretty sure the way that I perceived it was mm -hmm. is if you're having trouble at home, mm -hmm. come to California, give up your human rights, That's right. and we will give you the medical care that you need. That's right. And that scenario is very predatorial. Like, mm -hmm. and, and now your parents have to fight for you right. to get you what you need. And you know, Gavin Newsom, our politicians don't know what you need. Mm -hmm. the, they, the doctors know what you need. Your parents know what you need. Mm -hmm. And teaming up together is how you make these decisions. Right. 
And when you just flee home right. and run to California and you give up your rights as a right. child and a custody of the state, right. you're putting yourself in danger that only right. Lord knows what could happen. Well, and I'm, the treatments that they're talking about engaging in um, certainly don't come without repercussions. Uh, they don't come without side effects. Of course. And they are, and oftentimes, <coughs> irreparable. A lot of times. And this is something that, that will, they, these children will carry with them um, throughout their life, and in some cases has led to a decrease in, in life expectancy. And uh, we're seeing a tremendous amount of, of considering of suicide. Um, so it's, it's really heartbreaking what's happening. And, and I, yeah. I like your word when you said that it was predatory because it really is predatory in nature. There's no, there's no other delicate way to describe this. Right. I know recently you uh, had a video that, what did it reach? 10 million, yeah, yeah. 10 million 10 views? 10 million plus, yeah. Tell me about what you were talking about in that video that's so controversial. Yeah. And, um, and I like the fact that you had 10 million people viewing this. This speaks volumes to me about the fact that people are concerned and people are starting to wake up about the, the predatory nature of what's happening against their children. Of course. And um, also the LGBT community is waking up of mm -hmm. what's happening in our community mm -hmm. to accomplish that. Yes. Um, so it's, it's shocking that the video took off on TikTok, believe yeah. it or not. Uh -huh. um, and so I was at Poway Unified School District, mm -hmm. and this, this, the grotesque books was, I don't even want to call them books. The, mm -hmm. the porn that they're giving these children mm -hmm. um, is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. And when I saw this, and, and it was coming through our Vista chapter, um, Samantha, she's an amazing leader. Um, it, it really struck my heart, and we worked with Samantha to get us in there. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was sitting there in their school district, um, listening to the, or their school board, listening to you know everything that was happening, um, a veteran went up there to have his public comment, and it, it pierced my heart so much. And and in that moment, I was so calm, but yet inside I was so outraged because of what that man said. He fought in our military, fought mm -hmm. for our rights, and now he's pleading to a school board that his son feels uncomfortable that there's not an American flag in the classroom. Right. So when he spoke, I was, I believe I was next or, or, or real quick um, after him. And just, I, I called what I, I said, what I said, I said, any teacher that has a pride flag in their classroom should be fired and arrested. Mm -hmm. And that was not planned. It was not written mm -hmm. down. It was just coming from a man that saw our fellow man, our veteran, feeling uncomfortable or, or his child feeling uncomfortable that there's not a flag in the classroom after that it just everything flowed it it, it just kind of just came. i didn't have a script i yeah. had a couple statistic bullet points from the uh -huh. cdc on my computer sure. um, that i knew i wanted to reference but when i was talking with them in the moment i i couldn't even tell you like what it was like speaking to them i i the words were just coming the time and everything was just flowing and I, I feel like that, that comes from the heart. It sure. came from my passion. Mm -hmm. But it also comes from a broken heart hearing this sure. for our country. Yeah. And I feel like that came across mm -hmm. through the camera and and hopefully hit people's hearts. Yeah. And I think that all of that right. really, really awoken gay people to realize mm -hmm. what's happening. So many gay people were in support of, of mm -hmm. my message saying, you know, they agree. And you never saw that before. Right. And you're seeing straight people say that we agree that it's okay mm -hmm. for you to be gay. We just don't want it on our children. Now we're all intermingling right. over the same mission. Right. The scariest thing in the world is when you can get Christians, gays, lesbians, blacks, all different races, all different cultures to the same mission mm -hmm. and destroying narratives. And that's sure. what you're seeing. Well, and that's, th to your point, that is the most frightening thing for 
um, the agenda that's being pushed right now. Um, talk a little bit about why you think that, I mean, I have my thoughts, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on why you believe that any teacher that puts the, the gay pride flag um, in their classroom should be fired and incarcerated. I love that, yeah. that last part, because I, I have strong feelings about that as well. Of course. So mm-hmm. I meant what I said, that, that when you look at these terms, gay, lesbian, bisexual, mm-hmm. transgender, mm-hmm. transgender deals with sexual organs, but the other ones deals with who you like to, to who you're attracted to, right. who who you're going to, you know, mate with, those types of things. Correct. And like I, like I was mentioning before, I've yet to have someone explain to me a scenario where you're talking to a child about this flag right. and it be appropriate. The flag represents a sexuality, a group of people that have a different sexuality outside Mm -hmm. of heterosexuality. And well, now they've put in race in it, which is absolutely horrible, but we can talk about that later. (laughs) Um, But when you have this sexual flag Mm -hmm. in a classroom with with children, Mm -hmm. you are being a predator. You are preying on these children. And and and, and I'm very, you know, I look at these things very objectively Mm -hmm. and I empathize with the teachers. They think that they're doing a good job. A lot of people don't want to go in and hurt the LGBTQ. They just want to do right by it. Mm -hmm. And right now I think people are just overstepping a little bit too much and they need to revert back just a little bit. And that has never happened with the Mm -hmm. LGBTQ since this movement started to get equal rights. So the reason I say that they need to be arrested is because if they don't take that flag down, they are every day pushing Mm -hmm different sexualities onto mm-hmm. your children pair that flag with the books right. the children are coming to us they are pressured mm-hmm. to be in the lgbtq mm-hmm. these are coming from and and, and I, I wish it was just like 17 year olds mm-hmm. in high school that were just feeling the mm-hmm. pressure you know but this is coming from kids that are as young as eight or nine right and well in LAUSD it's now down into kindergarten so, right so it's going to be as young as, as five years old exactly and <clears throat> when you when you have this and then you have teachers pushing mm-hmm. their sexual orientation on these students. Right. This is a cesspool of just confusion like we were talking right. about. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I wanted to talk about today is, is when I was growing up and, and trying to understand who I was, and, and straight people might not understand mm-hmm. this, but it is such a beautiful moment, mm-hmm. however long it takes you to right. figure out that, you know what, I am gay. Mm-hmm. You know what, I am right. bisexual or I am a lesbian. Because the moment you decide to come out, which I don't think you need to do anymore, right? but the moment you accept it, that's really what you're doing, you've gone through all of the trials and tribulations sure. yourself, and now you have... Tr- it is such a beautiful moment when right. you truly know who you are and accept it. I have a question for you. When you were five, were you thinking about your sexual orientation? No. <laughs> I was putting on my mom's shoes, but I was not worried about my sexual orientation. No. Right. So you're saying that you had tendencies that, that seem to attend that align more with feminine characteristics. If you're saying you're potentially, I mean, if you're putting, if you're maybe wearing your mom's shoes, but you're not saying that you, at five years old, were dissecting um, who you were sexually attracted to. No, I, I played dress up. I played right. with toys that were just toys, regardless right. of what gender they should have right. been with. Okay. And um, I feel like people should just embrace children, just, just be who they are without right. any pressures. And at five years old, mm-hmm. I was worried about having the, I think it was like the best, you know, animatronic mm-hmm. toys or yeah. something, you know. I wasn't worried about what society thought. Right. But as you get older and you do develop that confusion of who mm-hmm. you are, 
it is so easy for an adult to come in and say, hey, I will help you figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. And back when Mm -hmm. I was 10 or 11 trying to figure out, you know, I don't really like girls like that. Mm -hmm. It would have been easy for an adult to say, well, you like girl toys. You like putting Mm -hmm. on your mom's makeup. You like wearing her shoes when all it was was just dress up. Mm -hmm. All gay Mm -hmm. people, most gay people play dress up. (laughs) They could have taken me and said, you're supposed to be a girl. Right. You know, and let's put you on hormones. Chalk Hospital here in Orange County. Oh. I have I read emails saying that they give puberty blockers to children as young as nine. And they do a lot more than that. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Chalk Hospital also engages in um, they had a, an entire course of how to talk to other pediatricians to, um, to essentially coerce their parents into getting them vaccinated. And they uh, violated the Hippocratic Oath by withholding information um, to to erode at informed consent. We actually screenshotted oh, wow. it. So, excuse me, screen, screen recorded it. So Chalk Hospital is, is quite an offender in many ways um, oh, against uh, the, the health and safety and, and, and well-being of children. You know, so, so what's amazing to me, though, is when you have these environments where kids go to school, and like you said, you, you play dress-up, you you wanted to you know maybe put your mom's shoes on you were fascinated by makeup those are all things that um should be i guess um how do i articulate this the parents should be involved in deciding how to guide their children in the best way now i want to also openly state that i'm not a proponent in any way of saying if a child maybe all of a sudden you have a teenager and your teenager is expressing that they think they may be um, homosexual in some way, that the parent should all of a sudden put them in an intervention program. No, yeah. uh, I, I want to be very clear, and I don't think that you think that either. Right. right? Of course not. So this is, this is strictly about presenting sexual content to a minor. It has no place in the education system. And frankly, you know, if you, I, I, we've heard this before, but if, if you're walking down the street as a man and you see a little girl on a playground somewhere and you run up and you say, Hey, I'd like to read you this story about, you know, a man and a woman having sex or, or two men having sex or two women having sex, you would literally be arrested for sexual predatory acts. There there are criminal statutes, but in a school environment, it's promoted. It's education. It's education. And it's disgusting. Yeah. And and they're doing it through the LGBT community, calling it and painting it as inclusivity. Mm-hmm. And my community thinks it's like it's okay. Right. And, you know, I was at, um, you know, the Board of Education here in Orange County, and there was a group of parents there wanting to advocate for a special investigation for a child that got assaulted mm-hmm. at OC School of the Arts. And this was right up the alley of Gays Against Groomers wanting mm-hmm. to help. So... After they all left, I went outside. I was out there in the rain offering assistance, and they all hated gays against groomers. In the rain, I'm asking them, why do you hate us? I'm the director. Tell me I can implement change. Tell me what I could do better. They think that they could take their children to gay pride. Going through this dialogue, I asked them, how can you come here, advocate that a child shouldn't get sexually assaulted, then turn around and desensitize them by taking them to gay pride where... They're going to see sex. They're mm-hmm. going to see naked people doing sexual acts mm-hmm. and then turn around and get upset when these things happen in the classroom. Right. right. You need to control the environments that your children are in mm-hmm. because so they can identify when these things are not supposed to happen. That's right. And we're seeing a very disconnect with logical consistency in this. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why you're starting to see a lot of children just 
not care if these things happen in front of them when they should care. Absolutely. They should tell their mom, this is what happened in school today Absolutely. and it's very inappropriate. Right. When you take them to pride, they're a little less likely to say those things. Right, right. Or, um, you know, drag shows where there's not only um, sexual innuendos going on, but there's graphic sexual acts that are happening with um, whether it's, you know, phallic type um, displays of, of uh, you know, tools yeah yeah <laughs> for for lack of a better term mm-hmm. um and it's happening right in front of children and um and and I, i've seen these these drag shows where parents are encouraging children to put money in in the the g-string or the yes. thong um of, of some of the performers and all i could think is would you take your five-year-old to a strip club a regular strip club and do that of course you wouldn't no of course not um, it's, it's so funny you bring up the drag show. I, mm-hmm. I have a, a heavy background in that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was going through my master's degree, mm-hmm. in order to complete it, I had to implement some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I chose a nightclub that mm-hmm. I frequent when I was you know, 20, 21. Yeah. And so when I was helping run their organization and, and structure it, mm-hmm. I helped run the drag show. Right. At that time, I realized how much sex is happening in that room, how much mm-hmm. drugs are happening in that room, mm-hmm. how much alcohol is happening in that room, That's right. and how many crimes are happening in that room mm-hmm. through people stealing from one another, hurting one another. Mm -hmm. And all of that is happening right before they get on stage. And when they get on stage, if you think that they're not high on some drugs that they just did inside Mm -hmm. that room, it is happening. Mm -hmm. And this environment is not okay for children. It's almost not okay for adults with all the things that are (laughs) happening in there. I don't go to them anymore just because I'm uncomfortable with the stuff that happens. But children going to drag shows Mm -hmm. ideally you would hope that that would be okay Mm -hmm. a man playing dress up but it's not it's not just Mm -hmm. that it's a man playing dress up stripping their clothes dancing sexual Mm -hmm. and appearing under the illusion of being naked Mm -hmm. all for children to see right and of course you're going to have these you know singled out cases where they're just playing princess and it looks fine and they're fully clothed and it's Mm -hmm. it's very child but that's very small. Right. Th- these drag queens are, in, in, you know, statistics-wise, they're underpaid. Mm-hmm. They're, a lot of them work for tips. They're not even being paid to be there. Right. So these gigs that they're getting, mm-hmm. it's really because they need the money. Sure. And so... And when, that's sad. It is. It is absolutely sad. I, I look into the <laughs> statistics of what we're paid, and mm-hmm. we earn less, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Mm-hmm. But as a drag queen, you're going to get, you're going to take the booking. Wow. And... It's just you shouldn't do it. And and I understand why they do it. I understand why people want to do it. But when you're being told that it's not okay by the people of the community mm-hmm. and even other drag queens, right. you should you should stop pushing your children to come to these events. Well, I, I, I struggle to understand why any parent um, would ever allow their child to engage in something like that. It's Again, I, this whole thing is just the most bizarre thing to me. I really um, struggle to understand how any parent could be okay in any capacity um, having sexual content be presented in in books, having sexual content be presented in the form of gender ide- radical gender ideology and pushing of um, gender gender affirming care, um, or having a gay pride flag in in a classroom, and I think I, I really appreciate that you spoke out against that because before we got on uh, air here, you brought something up that I thought was incredibly poignant, and and you'd said to me. Um, if you have a gay pride flag hanging up, at some point that will that that will and it should elicit a conversation. 
right? The classroom is a learning environment, so therefore anything in the classroom should be open for discussion. Of course. If you have something like a gay pride flag, which is also very, um, uh, it, it's prominent now, it's something that's, that's spoken about in, in many areas of society. So the child comes into the classroom, they see the flag, they're gonna ask a question. And you had said something that I thought was, was very, very astute. Yeah. If they ask a question, how is that teacher going to explain? Right. So I'll let, I'll let you expand on that. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the first thought that always came to my head is like, you know, hi, Mrs. Thompson, what does that mm-hmm. flag mean? Mm-hmm. You're going to say it's when you're going to get down to like boys that like other boys. And when you say that, mm-hmm. he's going to say, well, I like Jimmy. Does that make me gay? Mm-hmm. And that just opens up the door to a conversation that you should never have. Right. And when it boils down to that fact, mm-hmm. when you get down to the root of what that flag means, right. that's what you're teaching. Right. Everything else is built upon mm-hmm. that root fact. And the root fact of it all is the only thing that separates me from you mm-hmm. is who I like to lay with at That's night. That's right. And who I like to lay with at night is irrelevant right. to my accomplishments, irrelevant right. to the skills that I bring to the mm-hmm. table and, and where I see myself going in society. If you see it as important mm-hmm. that I tell people that I like to lay with other men, you are the problem. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree with you more. What do you, what do you say to critics that say to you, yeah, well, what about, you know, little Johnny or, or little Sally who's five years old and they're questioning their sexuality. Yeah. So I think it's, I think the Mm -hmm. most appropriate answer, which probably should be spoken about more in schools Mm -hmm. is go talk to your parents. Your, your your parents, people need to reinforce that Mm -hmm. the, the only person that need the not, excuse me, the people that need to influence your child is not just a teacher. Parents play a big role in that. And teachers, in my opinion, are trying to assume that role right. entirely. Mm-hmm. And now you're discrediting parents. Right. Right. And when you tell a child, go talk to your parents, you're reinforcing that avenue right. of information. Right. Because the parents play a big role in their life. Mm-hmm. Who they like to, who they feel attracted to, who they like, or who mm-hmm. they question to like, mm-hmm. should come from their parents. Absolutely. Because their parents know them. Right. They're with them longer than, than, than teachers. Right. And most importantly, they love their children. Mm-hmm. And to question whether or not if they do or not right. is horrible. Sure. St- straight people are not well, out to hurt their kids. It's a breakdown of the nuclear family. And there's a, I think there's a, there's a very aggressive agenda in many areas of society right now where we're seeing the breakdown of, of a, a war on the nuclear family. And um, I would agree. I think that the most appropriate uh, statement would be to go and speak with the parents. And in fact, the school should probably reach out to the parents and say, this is the feedback we've gotten. We wanted to pass that information on. So as a family, you can guide your children. Um, what do you say to the people, the critics then, that say, well, we're afraid because if little, little uh, Johnny or little Sally goes home and says to their parents, look, I'm attracted to a boy or I'm attracted to a girl, um, the parents will try to intervene and say, no, 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 that's ridiculous, um, and, and not support their children. I would say that mm-hmm. There's never going to be a hundred percent acceptance. Mm-hmm. There's never. That's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. My community needs to pop that bubble right out of their head and realize that there are going to be people that don't like us, mm-hmm. and there's going to be people that aren't don't agree with our society. Right. When you accept that and you know that, mm-hmm. you realize that there is there is a winnable time here. Right. And when we accept that we've won, mm-hmm. you realize that that scenario is playing out so small mm-hmm. that we've accomplished our goal. Right. 
not to discredit what those children are going through. I think as an organization, as a, as LGBTQ right. people, <clears throat> we need to be able to structure our society in a way that get, grabs these people when they're 18 and says, you know what? We are your family. That's right. the way we used to be. You used right. to select your family. And it used to be the most beautiful thing in the world. Right. And your, your chosen gay parents mm -hmm. are, are the biggest blessing to you. Right. And now people forget these things. So as that scenario plays out, you want to make sure that we as a community are a resource to them right. when they come out, sure. when, they, when they move out, when mm -hmm. they are off on their own, not when they're children. Right. But that the time that children are in danger aren't even at the parent with their parents. Oh, yeah. You're going to look at the housing, um, the United States housing statistics, and it's actually through the foster care system. And I think we can all agree, regardless if you're straight or if you're gay, we need extreme foster care reform I for these children in so, many regards. Yeah, it, it just is a blanket statement. Yes, the foster care system is unbelievably broken and dangerous mm -hmm. and uh, not helping. And that's opinion. where the, the the children are really in danger is that mm -hmm. they're not at home. Right. And and you see that in, in, in a lot of things. The number one reason my community faces, you know, like suicidality mm -hmm. rates so high is because of not society acceptance. Mm -hmm. And I and I want and that sounds like it's someone else's fault, but when you take it down I'm a person that takes it down to the root, when you say that phrase, what I hear is mm -hmm. in order for me to not want to like, you know, commit suicide, I need to be accepted by you. And that's toxic. Yeah. I need to be comfortable with me. I need right. to accept me. I need to choose to be happy right. for me, regardless of what the people are saying around me. Yeah. And when my community says, I need you to accept me for me to be happy, mm -hmm. that is extremely toxic to your mental health. Right. And society's not built that way. No, but we're pushing that right now. So um, I just want to be crystal clear. I believe that any time someone who is an adult presents sexual content to a child it does not matter whether they're doing it under the guise of we're educating or not they are a pedophile they are engaging and this is my opinion they are engaging in um, pedophilia it is, is a predatory act and I am so grateful for the work that you're doing I'm so grateful for the work that your organization is doing and I'm, I'm proud to know you <laughs> And I think that you're a hero. I think, um, oh. I really do. I think that, you know, hopefully we will look back on this period of time and we will look at your organization and the work that you've done and realize that you guys are going to be responsible for saving thousands and thousands of children from being sexually um, preyed upon. So, so I know you're doing a lot of work um, to help with reform, help um, implement regulations and, and uh, reform and help support parents' rights. So tell me a little bit about the work that you're doing there. Yeah. So me as an individual, I'm extremely poor parent. My mm -hmm. parents played a vital role in me growing up. And I just, my mom, I love you, mom. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be the man that I am today if it wasn't for my mom oh. and my dad. And regardless if I was gay or straight, they're going to love me either way. And that's for coming from my generation. Right. And so now I have the obligation um, and willingness to serve the American people. Mm -hmm. And whether I'm elected or not, which I will be one day, um, I am been called to serve in many capacities. So yeah. I will be going to Sacramento um, February 7th to the 9th. Okay. I'll be meeting a lot of elected school board members, some senators there um, with the California policy um, 
the California Policy Center. Uh-huh. You um, work with them. Yeah, so That's I'll great. be uh, meeting with them and their convention and mm-hmm. uh, rallying parents or, excuse me, elected officials around, um, you know, being more pro-parent in that Perfect. the LGBTQ community needs more of that. More of that. Perfect. Um, and then I'll also be doing the same thing in Honolulu. Um, but there it's more of a, a larger capacity. I'll be okay. speaking at their state capitol. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 huge. So the, they call it the Rotundra. Mm-hmm. Um, we're inviting, I believe it's 57 senators and congressmen um, to sit there. A lot of um, pro-parent organizations will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working with Moms for Liberty, Diamond, uh, Representative Diamond Garcia there. Yeah, and Moms for um, Liberty is one of our strategic partners as well. Yeah. We work with Tiffany Justice. She's fantastic. They're amazing. Cynthia yeah. from Honolulu is okay. absolutely amazing. Great. Um, so I'll be going there, uh, um, speaking at their school board. So okay. Honolulu has one school board for the entire um, state oh, and um, for all the islands. Okay. So you have to attend via Zoom. Mm. And these parents that have concerns with the LGBTQ, mm-hmm. they cannot really voice it there. So I'll be going to that school board meeting, okay. speaking there. And then um, we'll also be hosting a dinner to try to further convince senators and congressmen to to pass you know, mm-hmm. the parental rights and education bill. Because if you're not pro-parent, mm-hmm. then you're anti-parent. And when you're right. anti-parent, it hurts the LGBTQ. So well, I'm hopeful to get that across. And I think that, you know, I, I read an interesting um, study recently that is in particular in these last uh, primaries, one of the biggest things that, that the American people are concerned about is parents' rights. And it's interesting because a lot of the politicians are not talking about that. There's a lot of things that people are talking about, whether it's the border, whether it's Ukraine, whether it's things that are, that are happening right now. But they're they're avoiding this topic of parents' rights, and that's one of the number one things that voters are expressing that they're very concerned with. Like it's within their top three um, thing items that they would be concerned about. Of course, about. it should be when mm-hmm. when you as a parent are facing, you know, a time where your rights over mm-hmm. your child are potentially being eliminated. Mm-hmm. Having things like the parental rights and education bill that protects children from radical parents mm-hmm. that would, you know, a neglect, abuse, or abandon them. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, it facilitates a conversation that would be awkward for the child right. or even awkward for the parents. Mm-hmm. And I think if that's probably the most beautiful moment is when a teacher paired with the, with the student and the parents mm-hmm. as a strong unit. Sure push the child forward mm-hmm. to being successful right. and when when that's the way it should be that's the way it should be and yeah. the parental rights and education bill reinforces that mm-hmm. it reinforces the the bond between right. parents and children and it and it makes it flourish right. and it and it provides the school an opportunity to to facilitate that so um being pro-parent right now is probably one of the biggest topics if i could ever tell any voter mm-hmm. is make sure you know that the person you're voting for is pro-parent mm-hmm. because you don't know unless you ask them and research right. them because right now your rights as a parent are questioned That's right. because they're painting parents to be something other than they're not. Sure, we're painted as terrorists if we at all in any way even ask a question. Right. And, um, you know, sadly, parents' rights have been infringed upon for quite some time. And I think, you know, people are now starting to realize that we're starting to peel back the layers and layers of, you know, uh, legislative actions that have happened to Mm -hmm. erode at parental rights and i mean we could probably have a whole podcast separate just to talk about you know parents rights and 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 how that's been infringed upon uh, which is incredibly scary because i look at parents rights as a natural right i don't look at it as a right that's been somehow conferred through uh the constitution or some some other means parents rights are a natural right and so that, to me, is one of the most sacred things. And we, we have to be very careful uh, to protect that and to be aware of anyone that, that might erode at that. 
and right now we've got a lot of legislative uh, actions that are happening. Uh, we also have a lot of elected officials that are are not supporting, and I think you know supporting parents' rights. And I think one of the there's a few pretty big offenders here in the state of California. Yes, um, Senator Scott Weiner I think is one of them. But there's a lot of people right now that are that are in office that are not acting in concert with what's in the best interests of the parent-child of relationship course. and supporting that. So um, I hope you run for office one day. Yeah, I, I am going to run for office. This is exciting. Yeah, so um, Rescue Redlands has okay. been um, where I'm focusing. Okay. I have um, nieces and nephews in Redlands, California, and okay. they've reached out to me with a lot of the things that they're faced in their school districts mm-hmm. and then within their city. I've played an active role in exposing a lot of the things that are happening okay. with the school board and yeah. with the city. And um, if the people accept me and have me, I'll be running for office within that limit, within the limits there, um, and protecting my nieces and nephews because they matter to me wow. more than anything in this world. And if I have to run for office to protect them and your children, then that's a sacrifice and, and a calling that I'm willing willing to do. Wow. Well, I'm so grateful for you, really. Um, I don't live in Redlands, but if I did, I would vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> that that means it's more to me than any compliment. Just the comment that you would vote—that's the most sacred thing you can give right. someone. Uh, sure, because I would entrust that you would have the best interests of my rights as a parent and my children's safety. So I'm, I'm again, I, I so for anyone who's listening in Redland, make sure that you look at the work that Frank's doing. Thank because, you, thank you. Yeah, he would he would be a great candidate. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Um, thank you for the work that you're doing. Tell me about how people can follow what you're doing and support you guys, because I think it's a, it's a great organization, and I think uh, we need to make sure that people rally behind you and support you. Totally. Um, thank you. Thank you so much yeah. for, for your yeah. kind words. Um, everyone can go to gazeagainstgroomers.com, and they can um, you know donate there or volunteer. Mm-hmm. If you're a part of the LGBTQ and you really do not like what's happening here, you, mm-hmm. there's many of us. There's a lot of us. You feel outcasted mm-hmm. and and. You just don't know where to go. You don't mm-hmm. feel like you have your family. There's a family for you here. Mm-hmm. And everyone that walks the halls and echoes the halls of Gays Against Groomers will accept you. Mm-hmm. And and so if you go there and you volunteer, or you donate, or even just following us on our social medias and pushing our videos helps this movement right. tremendously. So if you're able to do those things, right. um, it truly helps us a lot. And I would say, you know, if you have questions, you're one of the most approachable people. It was funny, actually. I was—I remember when we met at America Fest. I was walking by, and you—you you handed me something, and I said, "Oh my gosh, tell me about your mission." Yeah. You were so welcoming and so articulate that we jumped right into a, a, a short-form podcast. Yeah. And I just find that you and your organization—you're very approachable. Um, you guys present this from a standpoint of education, openness and um, willing to to engage in conversations with anyone Um, anyone can ask you a question and so i'm just again i'm so grateful for what you guys are doing what we'll do is we'll post um the link in our podcast so people can go right into your website and and follow you as well and what about your social media how can they follow you yeah so you can follow gays against groomers through our our website um you can follow all of our socials i'm info savage on all of my platforms so you can find me there um and then my frank frank rodriguez you can find me like with my name too um and, and, and I'm excited to, to speak with everyone, hear their stories. I might not be able to get back to everyone, but I do read these things. Yeah. I do take the time to, to hear how mm-hmm. Gays Against Groomers, my voice, or any individual voice impacts their lives in a positive yeah. way. Oh. So definitely tell us and reach out because it, it's so heartwarming, especially when you face so much hate, sure. to hear the positiveness. Sure. And I would even say 
if you know you're someone who's in high school and you're being groomed and you're not sure what to do obviously talk to your parents talk to your parents reach out make sure that your parents understand what's going on and even follow the work that gays against groomers are doing of course right yeah i mean we're here we have a research team that Mm -hmm. deep dives into a lot of the things Mm -hmm. that we get Um, we're building our organization to truly help people because we understand that having resources available such as the time to be able to deep dive into who's in your school board or whatever have you reach out to us because we might be able to provide some resources Mm -hmm. one thing about gays against groomers is we want to share the resources we have because we understand that the 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 mom that's you know in a small town in the middle Mm -hmm. of, of nowhere is surrounded by a whole bunch of people calling you homophobic right look and see if we have someone near you right we will we will we will finance for one of our members to try to get there and help you if we can because we are really passionate about this. Um, I'm going to Honolulu. Wow. This is one of the things I wanted to bring up. I'll be um, rallying with a whole bunch of senators and congressmen to try to pass okay. a parental rights and education bill, the same exact text there. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, so I'll be there um, from the 12th to the 17th. Um, of February? Of February. Okay. And um, I'll be meeting um, Congressman Diamond Garcia, okay. who I've um, been working with in r- regards to the bill. Very nice man, very pro-parent, and um, just wanting parents right. involved. And so when we do all of these things, we're not being paid. We're, we're right. really sharing our resources with, with our nation right. and hopefully one day the world. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't be able to know where to go if you don't tell us. Right, right. So always reach out and, and see if we can help. That's fantastic. Um, again, I'm just I'm so in awe of, of w- you know the work that you guys have done and the momentum that you've captured. Um, and I guess I think it's a testament to how people across this country really do want to rally behind the work that you're doing. And um, and I think it's been to your point, it's been such um, I, I'm, I'm struggling to articulate. It's just so unfair, and it's really an assault on on the gay community and and, and the that you guys have been hijacked yes right and and who you are has been stolen and used for a movement that is is pretty dangerous so um i'm really really proud to know that you guys are fighting back and and speaking out and um and helping children in this country so thank you so much yeah thank you for having me absolutely From all of us at The Unity Project, thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope to continue producing content that amplifies voices, strategies, and resources. Please keep in mind that The Unity Project is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that relies on the contributions of our generous supporters to fuel the work we do in this movement. If you value our efforts, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution today by visiting our website at www.unityproject.com and clicking the donate button. We very much appreciate your continued support and confidence, without which our work wouldn't be possible.